Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 12 of The Hunting Collective. I'm Ben O'Brien. And today, we are joined by Fred Eichler. Fred Eichler's been in the outdoor industry for quite a while 27 years to be exact he's an outfitter he's a tv show host he's a writer photographer a man of many talents and and not only that man he is a fun dude to hang around with and i had the pleasure of turkey hunting at full draw outfitters in near aguilar colorado where he's based uh, at the base of the Spanish Peaks, a beautiful range that runs through that part of the world. And, you know, to say that his properties and ranches are impressive would be an understatement. And the place he lives, the lifestyle he lives, his family uh, is impressive. And I enjoyed hanging out with him. And, and we killed a turkey on Saturday, a cool story which you'll hear about. And we went on what he calls a game drive. And a game drive was just riding around in the truck looking for animals. So, at the tail end of our game drive, we hopped on uh, the microphones and did a podcast. It's a little impromptu, a little crazy, a little all over the place, but an awesome conversation nonetheless. So without further ado, episode number 12, Fred Eichler. Oh, we're good. We're live. Where are we at, Fred? I always like to ask people when we're doing this where where we are to describe our surroundings. Well, we're in southern Colorado. Uh, we're actually in the back of our ranch. Yeah. Um, and uh, beautiful country. We're in kind of ponderosa, spruce. Um, we're going to be dropping down into some more sage and cedars and juniper country. Yeah. But uh, that's where we're at, southern Colorado, north of Trinidad and uh, south of Pueblo. Yeah, we're driving. We're in a truck. We're moving. We're driving through a beautiful valley where, like, the Spanish peaks are right to our the tailgate of our truck and uh fred's house and his beautiful 
family and garden and horses and goats and chickens and dogs. And <laughs> it's quite the venue. Are there pigs? I never saw. I didn't see a pig, but no. Well, could, I I am considered one of the <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> the local swan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my my wife says I eat it all. But uh, yeah, we're not we're not lacking. We're not dog poor, as you can see. And and uh, yeah, the the uh, animals are. Uh, Big, big part of what we do, whether it's cattle or horses or, yeah. like you said, the chickens, chicken eggs. Chicken fun. eggs, all good stuff. Good lifestyle. How long have you had this ranch? I mean, you have a series of properties, but how long specifically on this, this um, area? You know, we've leased this one for uh, coming up on 20 years. Um, we've owned it uh, for about 13, 14 years, and uh, been a blast. Uh, you know, a lot of work. Uh, the couple we got it from, their, their biggest thing was that they wanted to see it uh, you know, see it continue to be a yeah. working a working ranch. So I uh, did a lot of work on the fences. Um, they were getting up in age and, and just, you know, didn't didn't want to do some of the work that, you know, really it, it entails, you know, running a ranch. Yeah. So that's what we've done. You know, we, we've continued to work the we work the ground. We do a little farming, uh, run a few cows. Um, of course, run the outfitting business, uh, which is a big part of what we do. And, yeah. you know, the beautiful thing for us is, like you saw this morning, We've done a lot of things to help improve the habitat, uh, whether that's planting alfalfa fields, oat fields, wheat fields, um, in some cases corn uh, farther east. But we do a lot of things to try and draw in a lot of different game and make it a place where, where you can really enjoy like a game drive that we did yeah. this morning. Yeah, it's a whole different uh, version of a game drive than the one in, like, southeast Louisiana <laughs> where they chase the deer around <laughs> and shoot with rifles. Well, how many species uh, do we see this morning? I mean, yeah, driving around on the road we're on right now, and this is just a kind of a, uh, it's a ranch road. It looks like a county road, but, I mean, it's a ranch road that cuts through the middle of this valley. Um, and we saw turkeys, many, many turkeys. We saw mule deer. We saw white-tailed deer. We saw elk i mean that's pretty good that's f <laughs> that's four yeah and we've right? been driving around since you know five this morning it's ten thirty, and we've seen all those in not just one here or there piles <laughs> of them <laughs> piles of them makes it all so much over fun. the place yeah i mean what a place what a place to live i mean you're talking about we haven't seen black bears not quite you know late enough in the year for the spring's not far enough along for that just yet but you said here in a couple of weeks they'll be in every field and every hillside there'll be a bear black bear and i love that you were just as passionate to get up this morning and go take a game drive you know i was like hey yeah. you've already got this beautiful bird let's yeah. go take a drive and uh let's get up early and some guys are like no way i'm sleeping in huh. you were like heck yeah man well, uh, I'll, I'll be up at five i'll be ready to yeah, roll let's go and yeah, have a honey bun get to work totally worth <laughs> the other thing we were talking about is just you know i work in a corporate environment well, some of the time you know most the bulk of my life spent working a nine to five and I get to do this more than almost a lot of folks that have that situation for their jobs. But like just the feeling of getting up and in the first 15 minutes of your day, getting, you know, fresh mountain air and nature and animals and sunlight like that makes you feel better. I got, I'm not sure what circadian rhythms or like what fancy words you would use for that for in psychology, but it makes you feel better. Right. You just feel better. Yeah. You're a happier person. We were talking about ranchers we run into. They're all just the happiest people you've ever met. And that's not always the case. You meet somebody, you know. In the city. City. <laughs> and I have nothing against cities. They're fine. But in this case, man, this is a happy place to be, I think. Oh, I love it. It's uh, def definitely different than when you 
when you go into town. But like you said, we woke up this morning. We had birds gobbling off the roost. Oh yeah, right by your right by the lodge. You know, beautiful sunrise. We watched the sun come up with, uh, you know, snow covered mountains in the background. Yeah. Now if my, anybody wants to sleep through that, what's wrong? Why you, yeah. Why would you miss the best part home. of the day? Yeah. And now it's yeah. I felt like we've been up. I felt like, man, it must be dinner time. It's ten thirty in the a.m. We've been up cruising around for five hours, having a good time. So. Yeah, that's what it is. I think we should probably let everybody in on how the turkey hunt went down because I came here to check out your place. We've been trying to get that together for a while. Your flight My was fl- a rodeo. <laughs> I flew out of Austin. Flight got canceled <laughs> out of Austin. Finally got on a plane to Denver. Got to Denver. Snowstorm. Snowstorm. Flight went out of Denver on time. Are these, what we got up here? Uh, turkeys right underneath ah, that damn, tree. Turkeys are everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere, these turkeys. Sorry, I, I, didn't, mean, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you, <laughs> but I, I had just, to. Yeah, please, please do. If you see any, that's the fun part of this. But yeah, so we're, we get Huge to Denver. Storm. Huge snowstorm's coming. We get on, but they put us on the plane anyways. They fly us all the way to Colorado Springs. Short flight, 40 minutes. We get almost on the ground, maybe a couple of thousand feet from the deck, from the runway. And the f- at the last minute, the pilot pulls up, turns around, and flies back to Denver. <laughs> and comes on a loudspeaker and says, we couldn't see the runway, so we had to go back. And we're going to go back and refuel, and we'll see if we can try it again. I thought, well, that sounds safe. <laughs> we'll, gi- <laughs> we'll try. That's what you like to hear yeah. from a pilot. We're we'll give try it a it try. Again. There's a storm coming in, but we'll try again anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Fowler. Anyway, we waited a couple hours and flew back. Finally did land at like midnight or something. And so it was a full 12, 18, I was like 14-hour day in the airports. Yeah. Finally, finally made it on Saturday morning. Yeah, but what time? I think you didn't even roll in until Yeah, I woke what? up at, well, it was two, two and a half hours away, so I woke up at 6 and got a bite to eat and got my hunting license and drove down. It wasn't, wasn't here till 9.30 probably. Yep, something like that. And we were, I was changed and in the truck probably by 10 o'clock or a little bit after forgot my shotgun at the lodge <laughs> yeah you were a little tired that's why we turned around and went out. back to get your shotgun we drove all the way almost to the spot we we're gonna hunt and one of the guys called he's like hey there's a shotgun back here does that belong to anybody in the truck <laughs> so yeah had to go back and get my shotgun got that done and then uh got back out to the the uh, this is like a plow it's like a plot food plot right on this kind of riverbed area and uh, take it from there. Yeah, right, right off the Purgatory Rivers. So awesome. I was excited to have you out because I know you've been an avid hunter your whole life. And yeah. I know you know a lot about the turkey hunting. And, you know, turkey season's already been open, uh, you know, for what, week and a half? Yeah. And uh, I was hoping to get you out early. But, you know, hey, the way the schedule's worked, you came out a little into season. So I'm like, all right, let's just go straight out and hunt. And I loved it because you were like, okay, yeah, I've been up, uh, you know, for a long time. But let's do this. Let's do it. Zip straight out into the woods and uh, – it was it was awesome because we came into this little area. I said, you know what? Usually some turkeys in this big big field here. Sure enough, the birds were there. Gobbler saw us and he took off running to the left. And what was great is the hens went to the right, and both of us were like, well, that's <laughs> perfect. So we slipped down into the river bottom, and I said, well, well, let's just both call really softly. So I made a few purrs, few yelps, real soft. You made a few purrs and yelps like we were answering each other back and forth. And I said, then let's be quiet, and, you know, we'll start up another sequence in, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so. So it was awesome because you slipped into this little hole 
and that's my biggest concern. And you can tell if somebody's got experience turkey hunting right away, right? Yeah. You know, if they if they get themselves in a position where even if a bird's close, they can't move. And you know, you crawled into this little, little <laughs> blowdown, and it was awesome because I had just one of those little cheapo, you know, handheld little cameras. Because I thought, man, this would be kind of cool if I could yeah. video it because I like watching it and yeah. sharing it with with my fans. You know, it's like, hey, let's check out a hunt. So I sit down about 20, 30 yards away from you, and what was really cool was. We had got done with our sequence. We're sitting there. The sun had just come out. You know, it had been snowing a little bit early. and The sun had just broken through the clouds. And both of us heard this raven just, ah, you know, yeah, out bah, there, bah. just, you know, making a racket, you know. And both of us were intently listening for a shock gobble. Thought, surely they will be a shock gobble off this raven and, you know, crow out there making a, making a ruckus. Ravens are a lot bigger and their sound carries even more. And I thought, surely we'll hear a gobble nothing so i'm sitting there and i'm waiting and i'm you know looking over your way and i can see you kind of scanning slowly and all of a sudden i catch this <laughs> nice gobbler probably a three and a half year old bird you know yeah. walking in from the left and he is doing the super sneak <laughs> was it not the crazy like he I've was like never, a bobcat i've if, never seen not only you know turkey i've seen turkey sneak but i've never seen a turkey as deliberately pick his foot up and put it down like where where it totally mattered where his both oh, yeah. of his feet were it were. Oh, he didn't he, want to step on a leaf. Yeah, anything. And a comfortable turkey will come in and be like looking around, maybe putt Fanned. a little bit. To yeah, boop, 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 maybe hear drumming. Around. Yeah, drumming, spitting, excited. He was the most. He's like, I'm gonna check this out. Maybe there's a lady over here. Maybe there isn't. But I'm not gonna let anybody know what I'm up to. Oh yeah, and we've had a few was, turkeys missed. He this was year. full on bobcat mode. Yeah. Uh, full on. Yes. Educated. Educated. Full on educated. <laughs> it, was, it was so awesome because I spotted him first because he came on my side, you know, from the hard left. Yeah. So my body was probably blocking the spurs as he comes sneaking past. He goes past me at, I don't even know, 13, 15 yards right on top of me. I'm not moving. But, again, that's where full camo, head, net, gloves, yeah. oh, all yeah. that makes such a difference. And we were both camoed head to toe. We both had great cover. So our outlines were broken up. Bird walks right past me. And he's kind of, look, you could tell he's looking for where are these hens. I just heard two hens over here. And it was so cool because I saw you, when I looked over at you, I watched you slowly lift up the gun. I'm like, oh, yeah. And the bird never saw you move. Oh, never. No. Oh, so great. So this bird, I'm, there's hens to our right, and I'm looking that way because I'm thinking, maybe we'll get one of those guys fired up. If At, at any rate, I'd like to see if they're, they're hanging around. We got a better chance that way. And I just kind of, you know how you do, you slowly scanning from right to left, left to right, not jerking your head around, trying to stay relatively motionless. Because I've done, in fact, I was just hunt, turkey hunting in Texas, and uh, I had a, a guy there with me that didn't have gloves, but a face mask. And I was over calling like maybe 75 yards away, and his hands... Glue. <laughs> I mean, I was like, dude, I just texted him, I'm like, dude, keep your hands down if you can, because... I can see nothing but your hands right. from over here. And imagine me 100 yards away. Imagine what a turkey can see from 15 yards as away. As sharp as If are. I can see it from 100 yards away. And so, yeah, I just – I think this bird uh, – I don't know if he saw the, the decoy we had out there. He saw what we had. I don't think he did. I think he was just kind of sneaking through that area. And, and I just slowly picked the gun up, and he was right behind a branch. And – well, I perfectly just could help, could hold there and wait for him to walk in 15 yards and 
Kablow, he was done. It was, it was that quickly. It was I mean, so awesome. I think and I actually got it on camera. Yeah. Like, we got to check it out because literally I was afraid I couldn't move the camera. Yeah. I was like, I can't move. I can't yeah. move. And finally, it was like there was a little bit of a tree, and I flipped it open, and I got you, and you could see you're, you're yeah. already up with the gun ready to rock and roll. I turn over, and the turkey's, like, walking. And as soon as he stopped, you made a perfect just whap, whap. head, head. Oh, there's a big gobbler right there. Look at the rope on that gobbler right there. That's so awesome. There's some big birds up here. That was a dragger, that one. How many many turkeys do you think you've seen? I don't know. I mean, not counting the 50 that were roosted over. 200. Yeah. That's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably conservative. Yeah. 200, (laughs) easy, without even trying. We've got a lot of birds. And it's not like we've been, like, sitting and looking for them. We're just driving around the roads, and we've seen 200. I mean, you know, of that 200... 40 mature gobblers. I don't know. <laughs> so much fun. They're hammering right now, too. It's a nice bluebird day. They're about there just strutting around, hammering, having a good time. But, yeah, I mean, that that's the case. I You know, I just went through a Texas turkey hunt that was four days, and it was terrible. And I was in Florida for a turkey hunt. It rained the entire time. So the fact that we got out there and sat down, and the sky came blue, and the turkey walked in. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> oh, is that all? You work so hard for them sometimes. Yeah. It's amazing. You and me were talking about that yesterday. I just... That's one of the things I love about turkey hunting is, you know, one day you can swear. It's like, this is the smartest bird I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, days go by. You can't call one in. They're not reacting to calls. They're not doing, you know, what they're supposed to do. And then the next day, boom. Yeah. Bird same, walks right Sometimes in. same turkey. Yeah. <laughs> same crazy. exact turkey. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always, that's what we were saying on another podcast just about how sometimes they seem like the dumbest thing. Somebody said it looked like a, a Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> Puffed up Roomba, just went, <laughs> not knowing what to do, and then sometimes you're like, this thing's like a ghost. Yeah, like you can't. You see them in the in the tree in the morning. They fly down. They gobble once, and then they're gone. Um, but in this case, you take what you can get. Especially, I love eating turkeys, so oh. I generally don't get into like, is he a two year old or a three? I'm like, does he have a rope yeah. and spurs? Okay, right, perfect. <laughs> it's a turkey and a face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shoot him in the face. <laughs> After a turkey, take there's the a rest turkey. home. And that's how kind of how it's it's nice to have that just in the back of my mind because we were talking. My wife loves to buy the chicken. <laughs> we don't buy red meat at all from the store, but she wants white meat, which I respect. I don't tell her to only eat red meat. She wants white meat, so every once in a while she'll buy chicken, and I've been trying to cut that down. And so quail, doves, turkeys, but turkeys the most the easiest way to get that done to, to mitigate the chicken buying situation for the meat not the eggs <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh, yeah. so you're working it out you're adding all the white meat to the household yeah right i'm trying now. to that's yeah. awesome that's number turkey number three this year so that's good be enough to last us a while yeah it's a good reason to be out hunting at least so good too and, yeah. and it's good for you and i think that's i think really people are starting to get educated oh, that. yeah like how much healthier yeah. it is to eat wild game yeah and then you've you know i would say one thing that we haven't even talked about it since we've been riding around the truck, but I always wanted to talk to you about it. a bunch of things. But you've been living, you know, this out hunting lifestyle for how many years, would you say? I mean, your whole life probably, but running, like yeah, in I mean, the industry My dad got me hunting when I was a kid. But, yeah, I, you know, I started off as a young kid working in an uh, archery shop um, and bear archery. And then, uh, you know, when I was uh, 21, I started managing an archery shop in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is northern Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been in the archery archery industry and hunting industry since then. Um, you know, then 
you know, got just been very fortunate. You know, a lot of people yeah. ask me, how'd you get the hunting industry? And I'm like, man, you know what? A lot of it's right place, right time. You know, really cool. I'm passionate about hunting. I've always been an outdoor communicator. And by that, I mean, if somebody showed a little interest in hunting, I'm yeah. like, well, come on with me. Come on over, yeah. Yo, you want to shoot a bow or a rifle or, you know, you want to go shoot a handgun? Well, let's go. You know, trying to, you know. Just like anything you're passionate about, you want antelope, to Antelope. Antelope. There's oh, yeah. a, another species. Nice. Antelope on the right. Is that five? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is five species now. You're right. Whitetail, mule deer, elk, turkey. Now, is that the big antelope. five? <laughs> well. I'm not really in on the nomenclature. That's the big five. We're calling that I, I, I'm the an, big I'm ass Colorado five. I like it. Big five. Colorado big five. Elk, muleys, whitetail, turkeys, antelope. I like it. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick, sick folks. Or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater. But you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater. Okay. At twc.health slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where Land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen 
to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Sorry, continue. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but I've always been passionate about it. And, you know, when Easton asked me to, you know, do the Easton bow hunting show, it was yeah. awesome. And then uh, Predator Nation, um, you know, a lot of people in the industry would come out here hunting with us and see that I was pretty avid predator hunter, mm-hmm. um, you know, selling furs and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been fortunate, man. I've been in the industry a long time, started an outfitting business. Um, I think it's the 26th year, um, something like that, that I've been guiding clients. And I absolutely love it because it's people that are passionate about the same things I'm passionate about. Damn right. And I love it. I mean, it's you get to meet some great people. And really, I mean, I, I think it would be hard to just randomly pick uh, any any sport and just be able to make the statement that 99% of those people are just great yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure as a guide you have plenty of bad apple stories and Sometimes that's the funnest part Pretty of coming rare. into a camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you hear like, hey, a couple of years ago we had this guy, and you just laugh and laugh about <laughs> it. But, yeah, but it is rare, right? I mean, and for you, that many, I'm not good at math, but that's thousands, yeah. tens of, like thousands of people that you've taken hunting over the years. And super rare to have somebody that you don't get along with. Yeah. Or that you don't, you know, you don't relate with. And yeah. whether it's, you know, on the whole gamut, you know, the way, the way you know, relationships and you know what i mean kids yeah. the way they should be raised and you know what i mean you know politically yeah. you know almost everybody seems to have that same yeah you know uh, feeling about yeah. a lot of those things and i and i love that yeah i mean you know whether it's, it's church political yeah family raising it, it, there just seems like to me at america. least hunters america patriotism you know there's so many things that that hunters or outdoorsmen whether it's a fisherman uh a hunter you know, uh, you know, guys that do the rodeo circuit. There's right. so many of those guys have so many things in common that it's really it's it's a neat group of people. Yeah, what are these folks doing? We're on the highway here, and there's people with American flags. Yeah, isn't that cool? He's got like and a what a don't tread on me flag. Yeah, you know, these guys are here a lot, and it's really? so awesome. Um, you see them out here, and it's just I think it's just a reminder, like, hey guys, you know, support support America. Support That's what the flag. they're doing here. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Just out here in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, we're we're off I twenty five right yeah. now and the honey exit. But uh what were we talking about before we ran into those guys? Well, we were talking about the hunting. Your history. Your uh, turkey, talking about uh, me being passionate about getting people involved in the in the hunting industry and Yeah, the know, history of your the really outfitting th- business been going twenty six yeah. years and And you've seen a lot in it. the hunting industry, right? So if you say twenty six years in the hunting industry, it doesn't sound like a very long time. Well I watched this go from muzzle loaders to, you know, modern center fire. Yeah, and right. you watched <laughs> <laughs> Punt guns. We started with punt guns. <laughs> no, it, I, I have. I've seen a lot of changes in the industry. Um some uh, some good changes. And some that, you know, that I would say maybe, you know, weren't good, to yeah. be perfectly honest. So yeah. it is, it's always fun um, watching, you know, watching the changes in the industry, um, seeing the ebbs and flows. Yeah. And what, uh, what's hot, what's not, new products. Yeah. You know, there's so much innovation. Like, it amazes me when I think of the guys that climb Mount Everest, for example, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, leather shoes. I'm like, really? Yeah. How? You know, there's guys that can't complete it now. With the most updated footwear, you know, and, and there's been so many, you know, just just like coolers. There's been so much technology, the, yeah. the change in technology, you know, with what you guys are doing, the clothing that we're wearing. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, the firearms, you know, it, it used to be you had to reload if you wanted to get a really 
accurate rifle. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to reload anymore no. because there's so many options and so many great bullet manufacturers out there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, holy cow, you know, I can find a Hornady in anything I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, you know, can you imagine 30 years ago, you know what I mean? I, you know, we use coolers. If if you got ice to stay yeah. most of the day, you were like, <laughs> yes, man, I got a, I got a, I got a heck of a cooler. So, you know, some of the innovation, no matter what the, you know, no matter what it was, yeah, you know, is has been amazing to me and fun to watch. Yeah, when do you see like the, you know, it's funny with this like perspective is is hilarious in some points you think like we go out now you shoot mostly shoot a recurve right yes, you exclusively shoot a recurve at this point no i i shoot it all still you know what i mean yeah. you know i grew up shooting muzzle loaders and rifles and shotguns and bows and but i did start out with a compound early on went to a recurve because i, I really enjoyed it and i first went to the recurve because i thought man i love the challenge of a recurve and once you get good with the recurve all of a sudden i was like man i i think really there's more of a challenge to shoot a compound, right? Yeah, because yeah. I don't, you know, I don't need all the stuff. I just draw back. I shoot. It's more natural way to shoot. So, but I do, you know, I, I still use the recurve the majority of the time. Use a compound, uh, hunting predators. I use a little bit of everything, you know, air rifle, handgun rifle, shotgun, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it all. Yeah, yeah, and, and specifically in archery, I always because I think, you know. Modern rifles have evolved, but rifles have been around for quite some time. Hunting world, non-hunting world, whatever. I mean, there's hundreds of years of history there. Uh, with archery, though, like I don't think uh, folks in the, the modern archery world understand how quickly things have evolved from a stick bow, <laughs> from the old struggle stick, to what they are now. Or from the first wheel bow. What year was the first wheel bow made in? Oh, gosh, the like Allens, the, when they first came out with that. Yeah. Early 80s? 70s. 70s? I mean that's how many that's and forty even some before years. That, if you have the Allen one, but yeah, yeah. And so and with, now look at what they've got. Yeah, within like a fifty-year span, <laughs> oh, yeah. we've gone from sticks and strings and and sharpened objects on the point of a uh, aluminum arrow to carbon fiber and cam systems and let off <laughs> three hundred plus three hundred plus second. feet per second. I mean, do you? you have any opinions on that, just the way that it's evolved and the way that it's evolving and what you've seen or like to see? Or Yeah, you know, you know, it's probably the same thing. I, I, I think there's pluses and minuses to everything, depending on where you stand. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I want to see everybody pick up a bow or a shotgun or a rifle and enjoy the outdoor sports. I think it's, you know, best thing for kids, young girls, young boys, you yeah. know, to get into, you know, and see where meat comes from. Because the fact is we all – impact wildlife everybody kills animals even if you're a vegetarian yep. because you know the land they're having to clear i've got to literally stop the truck here for these antelope <laughs> we got some more antelope they're gonna go under they're gonna go they, under got, the they gotta go under the fence yeah. under the fence oh she think, lost some hide on that one i think it's evolution is why they do that it has to be because they they were out here for you know thousands of years without fences yeah so they always went around things but when the fences came they started going under i've only seen two antelope jump fences my whole life and I wouldn't be surprised mule, if in another hundred years, a mule deer or they all start jumping. A mule deer or white-tailed deer would hop right over that fence. Yeah. like wasn't even there. Right? Isn't that wild? It's crazy. But look at where mule deer and white-tailed live. They're used to coming across down trees yeah. and, you know what I mean, a lot yeah. of things that they had to jump over. You know, whereas antelope out on the prairie, jumping over something really wasn't much of an issue ever. I, yeah, I imagine you could see <laughs> And I imagine you could see with a pronghorn, just like they're running across the road under fences. They've got two hooks, the bucks do, on the, on the top of their heads. A lot of <laughs> 
And so they're like, well, how am I going to go? I'm going to either try to jump over this thing, which is I don't normally do, or I'm going to use these hooks to lift it up and go under it. Crazy. It's common sense. Well, I know we got off on a tangent because I saw those antelope. But, yeah, so like I said, I think there's pluses and minuses. I mean, look at muzzleloaders, for example. You know, just to pick out an example, archery's changed a lot. I mean, you know, I, I shoot a traditional bow, but holy cow, do I take care, do I take advantage of the new carbon fibers? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, some of the, the new technology you know, and my Hoyt recurve, you're dang right I do. You know what I mean? I love it. You know what I mean? The, you know, the riser. There's all kinds of, you know, uh, the machines that are doing cranking out some of these bows now. Even the custom bowyers are using new products that are making those bows faster. Compounds faster than they've ever been. Yeah. Muzzle loaders. I grew up shooting, you know, a percussion and flintlock muzzle loaders. They didn't have an inline. Right. They come out with inlines now, and these guys are shooting those 300, 400 yards. Is accurate as a centerfire rifle. Yeah. So, even though I, I I like the technology, at the same time, sometimes I go, you know, I'm glad we have certain seasons that are set up for more primitive, yeah, you know, weapons for those guys that choose to do that. Right. You it's know, all about having that option and the ability. Right. To, right. Right. You know, flintlock. There's, yeah. there's such a big difference between a flintlock and an old, you know, what I mean hammer. Percussion, yeah. as opposed to an inline, as yeah. opposed to a longbow recurve, as opposed to a compound. You know, there's just big changes. Yeah, well, we were talking about the other day, like the, you know, appreciating the experience and all the things. You're a man hunts a recurve all the time. You surely appreciate struggle, like, uh, and wouldn't do it without the struggle at some level. If like it was easy, our turkey hunt was easy, but it wasn't easy because we locked that turkey in a cage and let him out and then shot him. It was easy because the circumstance allowed right. it. To we be. got lucky. He split off lucky. from the hens. Yeah, and you know. You say that, though, but here's the thing, and I do think, you know, it was awesome, a quick turkey hunt. Had we been inexperienced turkey hunters, had either of us moved too much? Oh, yeah. Like your buddy that didn't have gloves on, yeah. had we hadn't had full camo, full face mask, had you not been an experienced hunter that turned his head super, super slow to the left, you know, that bird would have caught us and taken off. And maybe neither of us would have even seen it. So the fact that we were brushed in super good, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. I think there's some little things that, as you gain experience, more you get more lucky. You Let's put it that way. And I would say there's a coyote hunter out of uh, Texas named Wyman Menzer, and him and I. I mean, he kills. He has a book of of coyote kills from 1970 on, and it's probably 300 pages long. And and he recorded every coyote he ever killed, and that guy taught me all kinds of stuff about where to sit. And how to be, and how to move, and how to look. Sit in the shade. Don't ever sit in the sun. Point this direction. Move this way. Move that way. Just about hunting coyotes, and then you apply that to every type of, you know, sit and shoot hunting scenario, and you, all of a sudden you're able to do what we were able to do. Exactly. Uh, but like you said, the harder you work, and you know that old adage, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, it's true. I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's true. But then I think as hunters we get addicted to. And appreciate someone who is willing to work harder to get, accomplish what they came for, right? Yeah. And like you have killed, have you killed all the species in North America? Like, yeah, I was actually I was actually the first one to take all twenty nine um, species with a recurve. With a recurve, yeah. So kind of cool. And it didn't matter if I was first or the, you know, two thousands. It was a personal goal that I set upon myself. Yeah. I wondered if I was tough enough uh, to to harvest, you know, all twenty nine species. Yeah. And uh, boy, there were a few times I. I'd have told you I wasn't, you know, doll sheep freezing, freezing my butt off on the side of a mountain, you know what I mean, trying to hide in a yeah. little little snow I carved out to keep the wind off me. You know, there were a few hunts that I went, huh, 
crazy. Man, I guess I'm not. But, you know, it ended up working out, and it yeah. was such a cool thing for me to go, yeah, I was able to do that with a recurve, and that's that's an accomplishment. You know, it's really cool. And as you know, it's it's not necessarily about the animal that you harvested. It's about the people, the places, Yeah. you know, and I love that. Like, you showed me a picture the other day, and it was so cool because you were actually talking about New Zealand. Yeah. And here's something. Don't get a big head now, but I noticed <laughs> I noticed little things like this. You didn't show me. Most people would show a picture of a dead animal. Yeah. And here's something that I noticed. You didn't show me a picture of the animal you shot. The first thing you showed me was look at how beautiful it is. Yeah. And your picture had the mountains with a cloud in it. And I was like, man, that is a cool hunting picture. Because bottom line is... That's what it's really about. Yeah. It's the beauty being out there. Don't get me wrong. I love eating wild game as much as you do. And I totally understand you trying to get rid of the chicken and get the turkey worked <laughs> into the, to the dinner plate. How to do it. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's sometimes the way I can, you know, when you did that, I was like, man, that's really cool. I can totally relate to that because that is a, as big a part of the experience as harvesting any animal oh, so yeah. i thought that was neat it wasn't a hey yeah. man look at this animal i harvested it was hey man look at how beautiful this area was and that was the first picture you showed me and i'm like yeah because i was trying really to convince cool. you to, i was like this is and we were talking about new zealand too but it's i feel that and we were i was actually talking to another guy there in camp about hawaii and he i occur it, occur, it occurs to me now that you say that that i i never showed him a picture of a dead axis deer I assumed he just fucking knew what that looked like. <laughs> I didn't, th- and and assumed I wasn't lying to him when I when I told right. him I shot one there. So like he doesn't really need to see it. I but mean, that's to me that's awesome. What that, I can't describe is the mountain. Right. I can't describe that to you. If I said, hey, hey, you know what? Here, let me describe this. You'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. And then I should be like, here's what the picture looks like. Oh well, now that's I get way it. better than how you described it. <laughs> There's no way to describe that thing. But for the animal, I would assume most people have seen some of that stuff. Yeah, but and when I, you say axis deer, you instantly go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. You know, cool. I know what they look like. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not immune to those things, but I think that's just a – I've talked about it a lot in this podcast. is about just evolving as a hunter. Like, And I think your example of what strikes me about, you know, what you have going on here in Colorado and just the lifestyle that you live, what strikes me about it is I was looking at, like, my generation – my generation's version of the outdoor industry and then the generation preceding or you know before me what their version of the outdoor industry was and i feel like it's very different and they're kind of merged together now you know outdoor tv and print magazines are kind of at some point the only people that you would hear from about hunting were either writing it in a magazine at some point and then with the proliferation of dvds and videos which you were part of and and further on to television and even further on social media changed the game completely for everyone because um, now everyone had a voice and so like my generation is used to everybody having a voice at some level or at least right. has gotten used to it you know prior generations were used to like guys like yourself and real experts real people that put their lives directly in the center point of the outdoor lifestyle and said i'm going to live this and i'm going to tell my story and try to educate you along the way and so I think the perspective change is like now anybody like me or anyone else can have a podcast or have a social media thing and can speak their mind for good and of course sometimes bad, <laughs> many times bad. Um, what's that? What's it like for you to have seen, 
you know, what I would assume is a generational change. Uh, I mean, uh, and I'd agree. I mean, e- even when I was younger, I learned from my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? My dad learned from his dad. That's, you know, that's how things were passed down. And, you know, uh, my hunting ethics, um, my knowledge of the birds and the plants and the things that I see came from my dad pushing that on me. Like, yeah. you know, if you want to be, and it wasn't so much even a hunter, you know, back then it was an outdoorsman and that encompassed a wide range of skills. Sure. It was how to properly build a fire. It was knowing, you know, the trees around you. It was how to cut down a tree properly. You know, it was how to, you know, always pick up the trash, always leave things like you found it. Um, you know, how to, how to take care of the meat, you know, yeah. was a huge part of that generation, I think, in handing that down. And I think you bring up a great point. Uh, it was it, It's interesting that I've got to see the, the change because now that social media and TV and things like that, you know, I, unlike some people, I never went out. My goal wasn't to go, man, I'm going to be on TV, man. I'm going to start right. a TV show. So I think I'm a little different in the fact that, you know, they came to me, you know, Easton and said, Hey, we've hunted with you. We've been out here at your ranch, and we would like you to, to host our TV show. Yeah. So I kind of came into it totally differently. Than, and I'm not faulting anybody. More power to them. But some people have gone, man, my goal is to be TV on hunter. TV. Yeah. Right, a TV hunter. That was never my goal. I was tickle pink and still am being an outfitter and guiding hunters for a living. That's what started this, and that's what I still do every day. I mean, yep. you know, last week, I, you know, I've... You know, I guided you. I got to guide Chris. You know what I mean? Guns and Ammo, which is really cool. Craig Boddington. You know, I've had some yeah. you know, really great people from the industry and had a chance to learn from them. But the crossover for me was now I meet so many people when I'm at events or at shows or things like that that go, hey, man, so glad you did this. I learned to skin a coyote from watching you. Yeah. Or I learned yep. to, to hang a tree stand from watching you do it. Or I learned how to care, which is even more important to me, really. If you if you are lucky enough to harvest an animal, man, I learned how important it is to peel the skin off an antelope quickly and get it in a cooler so it doesn't taste like crap. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, you know, so that so that experience is good from the beginning, from education, safety, you know, going out, maybe getting lucky enough to harvest an animal. But yeah. all the way, you know, that whole field-to-table movement to me is, is really a very... It's a, it's a great movement because it really is. It's the experience from going out in the field hunting all the way to eating that meal and having a good experience all the way through. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, if at the end of that you put it in your mouth and you're like, all right, that tastes like crap. Yep. My dog won't eat it. It stinks on the plate. It stunk up the house when I cooked it. Well, then that's a bad experience. But it's been interesting to me uh, because I think, sadly, a lot of people, and, and I say that because we're getting farther and farther removed from farm, ranch, communities. Sure. A lot of people, a lot of kids, you know, not because they didn't weren't interested in hunting, but their parents just weren't in a position where they could take them hunting. You know, you've been to my house. I can step out the backyard, shoot an elk, shoot a turkey. You know, our boys shoot their twenty twos. You know, oh, yeah. we've got a we've got a range. 20 yards from my front door. Yeah, your kids are certified badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to shoot trap yesterday. Yeah, they Trent kicked did, my ass. Well, we had a couple lucky shots, but, I mean, Trent, Trent, the, all the boys love to shoot. And Trent is how old is he? Uh, he's just turned 13. Yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. He could shoot, can he? I don't I think mean, he missed. No. With a 410, I'm rocking a 12-gauge. I think I missed a couple times. <laughs> he's dangerous. He's dangerous. But so, you know, my point was there's a lot of people that were never introduced to it, yeah. like you were by your father. Absolutely. Like I was by my father. So 
because social media and TV has become so huge, I think this is the way a lot of people are getting their information. Yeah. And and interestingly enough, and it's why I think it is so important for people to to act a certain way or respect the animals and respect the meat all the way through, is some people are learning not only how to hunt or how to handle firearms, whether it's safely or unsafely, sadly, but also to a degree they're hunting ethics. Yeah. By people they're watching. We emulate very complex who we ethics. watch. Yeah. And and exactly, you know, and there's all kinds of decisions in the field that you make every day. But it's it's interesting to me and I really try and stay cognizant. Did you hear that? That was my big word Ooh, of the day. Cognizant. Cognizant. Fred's oh, got a three calendar. Syllables. He's got a calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the thesaurus here in the truck. Mm, that was um, yeah, see, there you go. Thesaurus, there's a generation gap. Word, yeah. yeah, thesaurus. Most guys would just Google it, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm still thesaurus. But uh, Roger. I try to be. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> so. But I do. I try, to, I try to be super aware of what I'm saying, what I'm showing, um, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, I realize that there may be a young person their whole introduction to hunting or the outdoors oh, yeah. may be what they see me doing. So yeah. I try and be very cognizant of that. Well, and I, so that's I'm glad you brought that up because what I've seen, um, I've had this podcast for this be episode number 12. Um, so not long, three, four months. But during that time, there was a report released, one, that the hunting license sales went down from 20, I think, of 2011 to 2016. From 14 million to 11 million. Not good. No. If hunting was a business, it'd be stock be falling. Um, and at the same time, you look at the demographics in that 11 million, it skews to 55 and older. I think it's, I can't remember the percentage, like 40% of those folks are 65 and older. And that's going to leave a gap, a giant gap when that 55 and older generation goes away and is no longer able to hunt. There's going to be a giant gap for some, a couple of decades where that 11 million is going to go way down. And what's been happening, thank the Lord this has been happening, at least for, for hunting's sake and for our sake, is that a lot of people have been listening to things like this or watching your shows. Like you said, picking up on not only that hunting is cool and fulfilling and makes your life better. Healthy eating. Healthy eating, right? They begin to get excited about that point, but then also learning from the people that they see what it means to do it, what the stewardship and responsibility really is. And that I, I firmly believe that there's a new generation of hunters right now that are 25 to 45 that are doing it for the first time that were not taught by their fathers. Yes, sir. I agree. And so what's that allow us? That allows us a whole new generation of people that we can retrain or train again, just like our fathers told us, or we can retrain them on a new way or a generationally appropriate way of hunting. And they can then they can then pass that down to their children. So in some ways, we've shifted the center point of hunting from only the father to son, or father to daughter, or mother to you know the patrimonial piece. Shift that to here's a new generation of people. That guy's got a Yeti jug on his. Yeah, oh, is that a, cool? That guy's a badass. That's my neighbor like over that there, Daryl. Old Daryl. Daryl's shout out to Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I think that it, a more generationally appropriate hunter, not only for the people that are just now going hunting for the first time because they heard you or they heard Steve Ranella or they heard, saw Lee or Tiffany or they saw Remy Warren or whoever or heard Joe Rogan's podcast, they're now... Just glassing. Just glassing. We got, we're talking about that. that we're covering you gotta that. we got to check that out. We gotta, we're covering that. All right, that. go ahead. 
I did not know that, and I'm very upset that I didn't know that. I felt very badly about that. But anyway, generationally, I think we'll have a, a, a group of hunters that are now going to change a little bit of the way it's done. And we'll still have the father to son, but I'll pass down to my son what I know, but we'll be able to kind of reshape it a little bit, which all the more important for what you do and to be saying what you're saying, like the ethics matter, the moralities matter, the way you approach it matters. That's huge because there's people listening to this. I've got emails from them. I could read 30 of them to you right now. I said, I listen to your podcast. I'm going to start hunting for the first time. I appreciate your approach. And here I go off to the races in this. Awesome ridiculously complicated thing <laughs> so it's great man and i think there really is i think you know 20 years from now they'll look back on this period of time as like the time where the demographics hunting began to change for the better um in a good way because of social media that's what i think i like it maybe i'm wrong pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service it's called the wellness company picture this okay you wake up you got a scratchy throat you're all congested you got a runny nose you got a cough whatever and you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. 
They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to Land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Let's talk about Just Glassin' for a second before I forget to talk <laughs> about it. Because we were driving on the same road we're driving on right now back to your lodge on this East Ranch. And I brought up <clears throat> Joe Rogan's podcast. Actually, he, you brought up what a good guy Joe Rogan was. Yeah, and I said that's really cool because I, I've never yeah. I've uh, you know, I've never personally met Joe Rogan. Um and and my comment was, "Man, he's funny. Seems like a really nice guy." And you actually threw a shout out and said Manfred, he's a really yeah, good just person. Told some and that to great, me says everything yeah, you need. Some to stories know. of things he's done that no one would know about that I don't really need to retell, but like just reasons he's good things he's done. An Let's awesome just leave it at human that. being. Yeah. Um, and you said, Oh yeah, I know all about that because of that just glassing business. He played <laughs> he played a video of me <laughs> where you're hunting mule deer. Yeah, I got all these calls all of a sudden, and that tells you, you know, Joe Rogan's following. But you know, I, I had a bunch of guys, you know, contacting me and they're like, Man, you're on Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm like, what? And they're like, honestly, you've got to check it out. It's so awesome. They use actually a clip of your moose. And, you know, you were doing your normal, you know, I grew up hunting public land. So when I shoot anything, I, I get pretty jacked. And it's embarrassing sometimes when you watch yourself on video. Yeah. You ever watch yourself on video and gone, man, I thought I sounded so much better. Every than time. That. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm loud. In fact, or, I don't watch myself. I didn't on video realize anymore. my nose was that giant. <laughs> yeah. And my eyes, I look, you know, I look like, you know. I got to get uh, taken nap. Yeah, yeah. I, I look a little weird. I didn't realize my <laughs> eyes were so close together. I probably got to get special made binoculars. So it's, you know, it's funny the things that you, it's hard to watch yourself. But they were like, you got to check it out. You're on there with a with a moose. And, and one of the guys has got a, they hashtag just glassing and they're, they're wearing a, you know, wearing a just glass shirt and it's because of something you said. So we don't want to ruin it for you. Just go check it out. So literally multiple people. And I'm like, what? So I go on there and I, I got so geeked up that we were, I, and I had said, man, I was, I just shot this booth. I was like, man, it just popped out of nowhere. I was, I was just glassing. I mean, I was just glassing and, 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 and here's this moose. And they picked up on that and ran with it. Oh, and, yeah. and, and it was pretty funny. It started a whole, it started a whole movement um, on, you know, yeah, just glassing with Joe Rogan. So it's it a, was really, it's a full on hashtag. Yeah, I hashtag the shit out of just glassing. No way. Oh yeah, I gotta hashtag that more. You gotta get some royalties out of this. I deal. know what the heck. Just it's glassing is something that a lot of people say. I, 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 you know, and I, I, I don't want to swear to it, but I'm pretty sure that Joe Rogan started it, but he started it with my video of me saying just glassing. Unbelievable. So, you know what? Follow up. Would you do me a favor? I'll follow up. Will you follow up? Because you may go, Fred, you're totally full of it. It had no, nothing no, no. to do with I, you. I think you're probably um, right. Just, he always was playing YouTube the, videos. The just glassing thing came from uh, somebody else. Well. But I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you can get, like, some protection for yeah, that. Yeah, maybe I need maybe to talk to Joe, right? You yeah. said he's a great guy. I mean, you know, Joe, hey, you know, I need to be hooked up on this Just Glassin' thing. Yeah, I need to be the spokesperson for Just Glassin'. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm just a glass and full. Yeah. I just want people to know now I'll be able to promote this podcast based on the fact that I can be, like, the origin story. You got to check it just out. Just Glassin'. All right. You got to read it. And I loved hearing that Joe's a good guy. That's really cool. I oh, think, fantastic. You know, yeah. and, and some of the stories you said, and, and I won't repeat them, but just, you know, you we were talking about this the other day. You can sometimes tell if somebody's a really, truly good person if they do something kind, 
good, whatever it is, and they don't seek recognition for uh-huh. it. They do it behind the scenes. And some of the stories that you actually told, and I know you weren't expecting me to bring this up, no, no, but no. some of the stories you told about, about Joe and doing things behind the scenes really made me go, that's awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. Really cool. So it's nice to hear, you know, there's so many great people in this industry. And for me, it's nice to know that Joe's not just, you know what I mean, a, an outdoor communicator, but that he's a good guy too. No, and a, a powerful for our for our world and our people and what we do, for sure. And like you said, I mean, you, it goes back just to the people that you're with. I mean, you come down here and you have people from all over the country that come to s- sleep in the same building as you and follow you around the woods and and do a pretty complex emotionally you know you're pretty famous for your <laughs> well uh, I, I always call myself just l- that lucky redneck gets to do what he loves to do yeah. right so it's you know I, i've been really fortunate to to be able to do what i absolutely love to do and my wife commonly says she goes you know we don't have an easy life but we have a blessed life because we you know yeah you know she works she works hard and so do i but you, we love you wouldn't want it to be easy it. where's she going is she coming she's right here by the she way she may be checking on the calves right now oh, okay. so we had a we had a cow that had twins um, and uh you know it was pulling the mom down a little bit so we've been kind of helping them out. checking them out yeah What's, are we gonna go ride around some more yeah i'm gonna go show you the top of this ridge so are you gold? Go. i'm going does she want to go with us i don't know let me let me let me check with the I'll boss pull up the we have we'll see it's a the us. view from up there is yeah that's what i want to see yeah yeah you need to you're, you're you, we need to take a picture a of you up there view. yeah and we can post it up so if people can see that i'm not just <laughs> full we, on we've taken yeah that is pretty awesome i'm doing a podcast right now we're still we're still rocking this thing. Ben's got it down. You want to hop in the truck? You want to go for the ride? Bring it. All right. We got the uh, the, the better really looking the boss, and the the, uh, boss, the really. boss. The boss is in the truck now. The boss. Yeah. That way we'll. Well, and a lot of people don't know Michelle's history, you know, and it's so cool because Michelle's dad actually started uh, Muzzy Broadheads. Yeah. And a lot of my buddies, um, when we first got married, they're like, "Oh, you married her just so you can get free broadheads." <laughs> so I brought that up. We were at a function one time, and me and my wife were teasing each other, and I said, well, I said, I just married you so I could get free broadheads. And my wife, without missing a beat, she looks at me and she goes, well, that's okay, because I just married you so I could go on free hunts. (laughs) And I went, wait a minute, let me think about this. Hmm. I maybe go through $500 in free broadheads a year, but I promise you, my wife goes through about 80000 in guided Elk, mule deer, white-tailed deer, mountain lion, turkey, bear. You see what I'm saying? So she kind of won out on that deal, right? Yeah, she definitely won out. I know. So we got to open this gate? Uh, I'll get it. Oh, the boss says she's got it. No, she's good. You got it? Yeah. I'd be happy to just I let tell Michelle her take over for me oh, yeah. and you guys could podcast together. I, I'll I tell her sometimes, hey, I really want to take you out for a ride. And it's just because I want to go check cows and I don't want to get out and get the gate. <laughs> so it's beautiful. I'll drive and she'll and that's get all the gates. Well, she's, I mean. She's tough now. She helps when it's branding. It doesn't matter what we're doing. The garden she grows is ridiculously huge. Well, yeah. I mean, and she cans hundreds and hundreds of quarts. Well, you've had her, yeah. you've had her jelly. I had she her grows jelly the grapes. this morning. She grows the grapes, then she makes jelly out of the grapes she grew. Yeah. She has nine beehives. We get a ton of honey every year. We eat almost everything we eat. We either harvest it or she grew because she literally is like a pioneer woman. I joke around all the time, but I'm like, she could have been born 100 years ago, and she would have been just fine. Yeah. I was I was there today. I saw. And that's why when we were talking, and this might be – uh, kosher to say or not, but I was there today and I was like, man, you know, I've followed Fred for 
you know, a lot of my life and watched what he did. But then recently, you know, I've been following Michelle more because I'm more. <laughs> I'm, oh, thanks. I'm as interested or more <laughs> interested in beekeeping and gardening because hunting I've done. Like, I'm not crested and I'm not the best at it, but I've done. It's like just a craft that I'm, I do. And as far as like how to grow, I want to grow in other ways. So I'm like, there's a person that's gardening. Right. So skip Fred, I'm gonna watch Michelle. Yeah, I'm I gonna watch. It. I've been watching Michelle a lot more. You're like, no offense. <laughs> no, and you know what's no cool offense. is she really does enjoy the heck out of teaching people to can how to grow, grow oh, yeah. how to you know how to do the bees. She prime example. We we she literally she said go out and get some fresh milk. She goes. Uh, milk one of the cows for me. So I ran it in the chute and, and we're milking it. She goes, because I want to make farmer's cheese. And I'm like, what? Do what? Like when I think cheese, I think Colby yeah. or Swiss. You perfect. know what I mean? I'm like, cheese yeah. sticks. Yeah, yeah, pepper jack, right? Like Subway sandwich. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So she, she's like, go milk the, uh, look at all the what geese out there. So geese and ducks. Kind of cool. All kinds of ducks. Buffs, buffalo yeah, heads. Buffalo head, nice. We got some mud ducks, or as I call them. You know, I call them mud ducks, but coots, gallinules, kind of cool. Geese. But uh, she literally makes cheese out of this fresh cow milk, and it was delicious. Unreal. Yeah. She's just got all these skills. And she learned that from her mother. You know, I'm like, that's really cool. That's generationally handled down. But how many women today do you think it'd be like, if you, one, if you handed, you know, if you said, hey, go out and milk the cow, you know, and handed them. Handed them a, a jug of fresh, warm oh. cow milk. Would they know? Oh, geez, I'm gonna whip out some oh, uh, hey. some cheese here. We should. Yeah, I mean, not just women, men. Me, oh, yeah, me. Guy, I'm I, saying, yeah, I, I learned from her stuff. No, no, I could definitely tell you how to like uh, set your spam filter on your Outlook <laughs> for your email. <laughs> <laughs> I could sure as shit, I wouldn't know what to do with a cow titty. <laughs> <laughs> there's no so way. So funny. But yeah, there's just a, that just reminds me of that there's a bunch of Canadian geese, you know, flying off the pond here. We're driving by, and Michelle has what do we call it? Corned goose. Corn goose. Michelle made corn goose, and I think I ate a a, a pound of it so last delicious. night. So delicious. You would like, never know it was a goose. I hate it. I hate traditionally hate eating Canada geese. You do like because it. you you don't want to shoot it and not eat it. Yeah, not, well, I don't right. I hunt them very much. But it's much. never been your favorite. And I don't like eating them because I've never had it that good. If I now that I know, oh <laughs> yeah, when I see them now, I see like a you know a couple of slices of brined breast flying through the air. That's not exactly a, what I do. I yeah. don't even shoot them flying anymore because I want to make sure I get them. Yeah, yeah. If one swims into the decoys, I'm like, <laughs> there's some brined goose right there. <laughs> I think I um, uh, I got a pretty high percentage when they're swimming. I've done that, you know. I've done that on other animals too. Like uh, we were in Africa, and it was a gemsbuck running around, oryx running around. They made these like curry meatballs out of these oryx, and I was like, "There goes a herd of meatballs, <laughs> full on herd of meatballs." And that that is like these. And now, like we're so we're driving to the east side of another. You guys have a couple of ranch properties, and so we're now on the east side. We've driven all the way across. Uh, from the Spanish Peaks, where you live, to your outfitting area, where you farm cattle, uh, run cattle, and it's ridiculous the different type of terrain and ecosystems that are here. Like we're fully in sage flat country, 
sagebrush country, and there's. And our brand on those calves is FDO, but we thought it might be cool to just make get another O, so we could make it food. Food. <laughs> so we could brand them with food because we FDO. We got three of the that four letters. You right? I'm just gonna get an O, and I'm gonna stamp one food. food. You would go viral. You would go viral. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Twice. We could do it. Yeah. See, now there's my wife making sense. You I know. think we have to get a whole other brand with another O. She, she says, goes, use the O twice. You could just use the O twice. Use yeah. the O. Yeah, there's the twice. logic in the back. Nice. <laughs> Smart you. blonde. Yeah, Thank which you. Is, I'm glad she said it. Smart blonde. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just a remark like the ridiculous. We're running in like Ponderosa, Pine Country, Rolling Hills, snow covered peaks, you know half an hour that way and here we are in like grass sage flats river bottoms, river bottoms. yeah like, and there's elk here and elk there too and i it's took, crazy I took a picture terrain. where do you do you post pictures anywhere because you could post some oh, pictures instagram yeah if people are listening to this you could probably post a picture of you just so you can oh they i can will see yeah. the difference in the areas yeah it's it's about. i will post yeah I, we do like a an article page on each one of these podcasts so you will be able to go to the website and see some of the, oh, what nice. we're talking about here but it's just, like you were saying, a unique area in the world, southern Colorado. It's not cold all the time. It's not like northern Colorado where there's snow in the ground all the time. Um, and we're on the edge of three totally different ecosystems. Yeah, I mean, you're so just you in this, a myriad like, of am- a myriad. There's another good one. Oh, myriad. I'm trying to use big words. What was the last one you can't even remember? I, I don't I Contiguous, don't maybe? I'm sure it wasn't over three syllables. No. no. You're getting, I mean, you throw <laughs> three or four in there. You're good. <laughs> right, right. Do this for an hour. Um yeah, and then I just it just remarks to me that, that this type of country is diverse, and the biodiversity of the animals and the and everything plants that are here shows it's crazy, and it's awesome. This is cool. I'd move here if I could. And you move should. Here. Yeah, I, we were talking about that. I'm gonna tell my if my wife is listening. <laughs> let's well, get it done. It's a cool. It's a cool part of Colorado. I mean, you know, everybody loves you know what I mean the states that they live in. And, you know, we, we think Colorado is one of our favorites just because, especially down here in southern Colorado, you don't have a lot of the crowds. You don't have a lot of the people. Yeah. You know, there's still really good deals on, you know, on property as opposed to the rest of the state. Um, but it's uh, it's unique. It's still, you still have that really small town feel. For and sure. How many people, people live? Friendly. What's the closest town to where we are right now? Um, Trinidad. Trinidad. And that's, yeah. you said so where we live, we're about... Little over thirty minutes to the closest gas station. What was that little town we drove through with the high school, though? Does oh, that, that was uh, Honey. Honey. Yeah, the little town of Honey. How many people live in Honey? Uh, like a hundred? I don't know. No, I think it's a few more. Well, probably not a lot, but they've got a they've got a high school. There's not a there's not yeah. a Seven Eleven or a gas station there. No, you know what I mean. There was a, a grocery post store. You got to go to Trinidad. I saw but, a post office. But it's yeah, great high school, cool, cool little town, um, and it's basically a farm ranch community. Yeah, man. Yeah, it goes back to. He noticed that our. Uh, I'm talking to my wife now, sitting in the back seat. Oh. We're we're drove by uh, Daryl, our neighbor, and uh, of course Ben picks out. Boom! He's like, "Hey, he's got a he's got a Yeti on that, uh, you know, on his quad." Good for there. him. And he yeah. mounted it on his. He mounted a Yeti jug on his quad there. Yeah, he would. He would. That's a legit move yeah, by a guy like cool. that. Pretty cool. He's he's really out there doing it. I I could probably get some street cred if you like swung by and I was like, "Hey, this is." Yeti, yeah. Yeti, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? If you said, hey, here's a little discount card or something. Oh, know, I probably like he yeah. would. He would dig that. I'll give Yeah, let's huh? do that. That'd be That's awesome. That's done. Easy. Sweet. That's On the way out, we're going to go do that. We'll set him up. I'll nice. put him right in. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this country's crazy. The, the difference between this and – and there's not a lot of places. We were talking about New Zealand. That's one of the places that is so 
diverse that you couldn't uh, couldn't hardly understand. But this is for for the states. I mean, this is pretty strikingly diverse country, which is why people come to Full Draw Outfitters and hunt about six different species. Uh oh, another gate. Another gate. I built this H brace this last summer. It's still holding, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So you're in uh I wanted to one of the things that struck me is your son Trent. So I think we should talk about Trent for a while because Trent is awesome. Thank you. He's just awesome. One of the things that struck uh, we're talking about the people out here and the way that you like I've met a lot of kids that are thirteen and not all of them shake your hand firmly and look you in the eye. And that struck me about Trent, like this is a good kid. I appreciate you. There's not a that. little punk on the earth that that would shake your hand and look you in the eye like Trent did. Oh, I'm looking at her struggling with that gate. Oh. That's a really tight one. She's got her shoulder thrown into do it, Do we need though. to get out there and do it? Yeah, let's go. Help. You got it? Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. Ben's going out there to help my wife. I, I built this H brace over one of our corners, and I kind of strung it pretty tight because they always seem to loosen up quite a bit. But this one's still, uh, still pretty tight. She's got it with Ben's help. Open the pickle jar and hand it to somebody, and then they just twist it the rest of the way. Yeah, similar to that. Yeah, yeah. And you always, you always say the "I loosened it up for you." Yeah, it is I mean, no that's problem. A standard. Happy to loosen that up yeah. for you. <laughs> Happy to do it. So you can see this big ridge up here. We're actually going to drive on top of that. Yeah, and we'll be able to see over a lot of country here, which is just beautiful. It's oh, just it's real a beautiful country. country yeah. And we've got whitetail, mule deer, antelope, Jeez. elk bear and turkey out here but i think a lot of it's because uh you know and yeah some great waterfowl yeah we saw some cockbirds yeah you there. saw some pheasants the other day quail you said blue quail yeah scale quail yeah scale get out blue. of here yeah yeah That's so it's kind of unique for the bird hunting because we've we've actually shot ducks geese pheasant and scale quail all within like a 200 That's 300 insane. yard radius so what i mean what do you contribute to that you know much about the history of this land that you know there's a confluence of a bunch of there's been pheasants along this for, uh, for a long time. Um, the birds, there's just not a lot of water here. Yeah. Um, so the birds are attracted to any water, you know what I mean, on the edge of kind of a couple flyways. So they see water, they're going to drop in there. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of ag in this country. You know, there's a lot of these guys um, growing corn. I mean, we grow alfalfa mostly. That's the main crop that we grow to sell. But uh, And we use it for our cows and our horses as well. But there's just a ton of ag in this area, so it attracts everything yeah you know if you've got the food odds are you're gonna have the animals yeah you have the animals you have the animals it's crazy it's crazy in this country i mean i can't I, again i won't be able to describe it we'll take some pictures for everybody to see but it's it's fantastic yeah you've definitely we've definitely changed from what we were in this morning <laughs> oh it's arid to, to where we're at right now yeah it's arid and we've dropped about yeah and we've dropped about two thousand feet in elevation. And what did you say the so Spanish? So I live, I live at 7,000 feet. The Spanish peaks that are out in front of, uh, you know, in front of my place are uh, 13,000 and a uh, little over 13,000. And then out here, uh, I think we're about uh, 5,000, aren't we? About Yeah. Out here, so. Well, good. Totally different. Well, I figured to, to close this particular show out, I'm going to let Michelle ask you a few questions. I'm going to give her the headphones, let her close the show out. Oh, boy. My wife's going to interview me? Interview my husband. <laughs> I want to know all the things about you that you haven't told me. Oh, honey, you know <laughs> you know everything. 
You know why? You know why there's a lot of women archaeologists, right? Oh, don't even go there. Because <laughs> <laughs> women love digging up old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's terrible. And uh, no offense to any archaeologists out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the views up here are absolutely amazing. There, we were actually on the other side the other day when that, you can see where the fire was. Um, I think it burned 5,000 acres on the neighbor's ranch over there, but um, we absolutely love living out here and um, just feel so blessed to be able to do what we do. And, um, you know, the whole thing, the farming, the ranching, um, like Fred said, I love gardening, love getting my hands in the dirt, much rather be out there than in an office and uh, uh, just a great place um, as a mom and a wife to raise our, our three boys out here. Um, just with a total connection to the land, so uh, they've got to see it see it from every perspective, from you know raising cows, harvesting your own meat, harvesting uh, vegetables, and uh, and working. So uh, give them a good work ethic, and um, you know raise some good Americans. So pretty excited about that. Hey, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Ben for coming out and hanging out with us. It was awesome. All right. Uh, if you're curious in a hunt, Ben said, you know, you can give them your, your skinny. So check us out on uh, folderoutfitters.com. Um, there we go. You can email us or call us. And, and uh, We've got a fan page on. Uh, Fred Eichler fan page on uh, Facebook, also Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then check out, of course, all of our YouTube clips. Uh, we've got, we'll be putting up some recipes, some awesome recipes, uh, wild game recipes, and uh, have a bunch of skinning tips and um, a lot of fun hunting clips. So. And check out the Just Glass and see if I was totally full of it or not. See if I started that trend. So you're going to have to check with Ben on Just that. Just Glass and babe, that was you. Peace. All right, out. That's it. That's over. Episode number 12 in the books. Thank you, Fred Eichler, Michelle Eichler, the, the Eichler family, for hosting me in Colorado. It was a great time. Um, a weekend cut short, unfortunately, by events involving Yeti and the NRA. Um, a lot of folks that are listening to this probably heard about the controversy involving uh, the company I work for, Yeti, and the National Rifle Association. Um, there was a lot of things said over the last few days about uh, Yeti as a company, but I think the bottom line is the people at Yeti are good. Uh, the people at Yeti believe in hunting. They believe in the Second Amendment. They believe in all the right things, and they support conservation not only in theory but in actuality with dollars and time and I can tell you from having been there for over three years that this is a company that cares and a company that I believe deserves uh, your business and the consideration of of uh, conservation and all the work that they do so I won't say much more to get into the weeds of it. it's not really worth it I hope that we can get past the controversy with the NRA and I hope we can get on to bigger and better things. And hopefully by episode number 13, we won't remember this little bump in the road that is uh, this little controversy. So in the meantime, head over to huntingcollective.com for all the past podcasts, articles, and videos relating to the past podcasts and everything you want to hear from the Hunting Collective. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest we're headed to lanai hawaii with joe rogan cam haynes adam greentree Remy warren shane dorian john dudley and more 
So hopefully we'll check back in with one of those folks or all of them or just me. Who knows? We'll see how it plays out. But we'll be in Hawaii. See you next time. Bye-bye. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.